Hey, hey, how you guys doing today? Good to see you. Man, I love being a part of a church that is active in our community. I love serving. We're blessing families over the holidays. We're helping our city with Holiday Festival of Lights. And if you didn't come in from the south side, the skating rink is built. Uh, so you need to check that out. But we, are, we have so much happening uh, in the next couple months. And this, uh, is, as much as it is, it is why we are here. It's why we exist. And we want to give you every opportunity to be a part of it. Um, we're going to kick off a new series in about five minutes. But before we do, I want to just take a couple of minutes and talk about two really important things, uh, especially coming out of, of COVID. It kind of threw off some of our annual rhythms. But one of the things that many of us, many people, uh, and maybe you were one of these, plan for is end of the year charitable giving. Um, we have typically in our past, in our history, done a kind of a big Christmas end of the year offering that we've called our vision offering. And that is what really helps us to, to, to be partnered with all of our ministry partners locally and globally. And so I just want to take a minute and let you know that we're going to be doing our vision offering our last weekend that we're gathering that, that 20th, 21st weekend or whatever weekend that is in December. We're going to be gathering that. But really, you can give anytime between now and then. And and for us, this is what allows us not just to, to, to operate here on our campus or do what we do, our ministries pay the bills, but this is us partnering with other ministries, other organizations who are taking the love of Jesus, the heart, the hands of Jesus uh, globally and locally. And so just want to give you a big kind of 30,000 foot view of, of what we need and where we are giving. So first of all, our vision offering, kind of there's five aspects to it. The first one is we're going to be giving to global missions. Um, we need about $100,000 to go for global missions. We currently sponsor um, seven different missionaries. You're going to hear from one of them in a couple of weeks, and we'll highlight who those are um, in, in different countries, different parts of the world, as well as in addition to that, we're in a part of sponsoring and supporting four other organizations, Convoy of Hope, Haven of Hope, uh, I'm sorry, Mission of Hope, World of Vision, those types of organizations. And we are currently involved in, uh, in helping stopping human trafficking uh, in different parts of the world as well. So anytime you're giving, like you're giving to the vision, your money is going towards us partnering with helping God's plan move forward uh, global missions. Um, and so that's one of the aspects. A second one is local missions. We call it all missions, even though some is across the pond and some is here. But we are currently partnered with six local organizations, six local ministry partners that we are helping, that we financially support, that we send volunteers, um, uh, whether it be Cornerstone, Samaritans, um, Better Together. You can see them all up there behind me. Churches on the street, feeding the homeless. We are currently partnering and doing things with these ministries on a weekly or monthly basis. And so sometimes when you come to church, it's like, oh, I came to church and I just sang a song and the message was good and I maybe threw something in the offering. But I want you to know that when you give to our vision, when you give here, you are literally partnering with, you are investing into all of these ministries. Um, we say all the time that we uh, exist to serve our city. We ask the question to our staff, if we shut down today, would anybody in our city notice or care? And we always hope the answer to that is a giant yes. We want to make an impact in our city. So we also are uh, community engagement is another about $100,000 that we invest just into our community. Um, every, that's everything that we do to serve our city. That's Trunk or Treat, Serve Day, Christmas Village, Holiday Festival of Lights, Cape Christmas, Summer Jam, anything that we put on and we sponsor, that is for the community. That's what community engagement, that's different for us than community local missions. Those are partnering with other organizations. So both of those together, we're investing about $150,000 a year just into our community because we believe uh, that's what honors Jesus. So, uh, and then another thing that we're passionate about is we believe one of the best ways to reach people in other places is to help send and sponsor church plants. 
uh, because we want to be a part of a local body who is doing it in their community. So we currently are investing into five church plants. Um, we have one in California. We have one in Iowa. We have one right here in Cape Coral, one in England, and one in France. And so that's where some of our, our vision offering will go to, about $25,000 a year into church planting because we always want to be sowing seeds into other churches as well. Uh, another thing that we do here in the community, the, the kind of the fifth branch is helping hands. Helping hands is our ministry to our people. It's when somebody in our church who's a part of our congregation or our, kind of our ministry comes and says, hey, we lost our job or we had this unexpected thing come up. We have money set aside to help people because what we don't want to do is help everyone else and not be able to help ourselves. And so we believe God is in the business of both and, come on somebody, uh, and so about $50,000 a year goes to helping hands just to help not just people within our city, which we do that as well, but help people within our church body um, so we can do that. So if you total that all together, it's over about $300,000, it's $312,000. And so just wanted to make you aware that we're making a push between now and what you're going to get an email reminder from me between now and the end of the year, kind of the end of the year giving. And we're bringing this to you today because a lot of us, are a lot of you who do that start thinking around the holidays and you're starting to get your taxes in order. And some of you have already been asking, like, are we doing something for the end of the year? In fact, many people have asked. And so our answer is yes, this is what we're doing. And it's all going to other ministries that we are supporting and sponsoring. And this is above and beyond the, like the tithe and the offering, what you normally uh, would give. In addition to that, the other part of this that I, I would be a sin not to mention is we also, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's getting a little full here again. Uh, we have capacity issues here. And so we launched our For Everyone campaign. And so uh, not only are we doing all those for our city, we think one of the best things we can do for our city is we need to upgrade and update and add on to our building. And so we have plans that are in the final, the final engineering drawing plans right now for our For Everyone campaign. We're attached to this building. We're going to build a 1,250-seat worship center that's going to allow us to service more people. It's going to allow us to expand our kids ministry and our preschool over on that building. This is going to become a multi-use facility and it's going to increase the amount of community projects that we're going to be able to do as we expand our capacity. Currently where we're at with For Everyone is it's, we, it's going to be around $11 million that we need. We already currently have $5 million in pledges and many of you are giving faithfully, weekly, monthly to that. And so everything is, is heading the right direction and we're willing to, to take on, uh, borrow some money, uh, but we also believe God's big enough that we could pay cash for that thing by the time we move in. So, um, so we have for everyone. And here's what you need to know. If you've never heard of for everyone, like, wait, you're building a building out in the lobby to my right, your left is the, the TV that you look at when you walk out of the bathrooms. That's our for everyone wall. Pastor Mac is going to be out there. He's going to have more information you can grab on for everyone and anything you give to for everyone. The first 10% of that goes also goes into our vision offering. So if you're giving to for everyone, you're also giving to our vision because it's a compassion first. We're not just going to keep it to ourselves, but we're blessed so that we can be a blessing. You guys are getting it. I'm so proud of you guys. So, uh, and then like you just saw in the video, just want to make you aware. Um, thank you. So we've had hundreds of people already sign up to help with the Christmas Village, which is amazing. We're so excited. Uh, I hope you walk by and see it, but we still need hundreds more. Um, so just a reminder, we're going to need about 430 volunteers a week for three and a half weeks. And so rather than us be the church that we're going to sit in the chair and assume the guy or gal next to me is going to do it, uh, I'm in as well. And so we would love for you to pick some times that you can volunteer. If you have middle schoolers or high schoolers, or they need college credit or they're doing scholarships. All that can count. Uh, some mom was super stoked when I told her that this week. She's like, my kids are coming every day. I'm like, well, you should talk to them first. But, um, <laughs> 
And then also, if you call Cape Christian Home one more week, you can get the, the 50% off skate rentals. Just so you know, if you're already planning, when are we gonna come to this? We only can allow so many people on the skating rink at, so, at a certain amount of time. So plan your visit and buy your tickets ahead of time, and then you don't have to wait in line. So you can do all that on the Cape Christmas uh, app as well. So Cape, the, the Christmas Village is happening. Um, we've had hundreds of volunteers already help build, help paint. It's starting to look amazing. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you who have done this. Uh, our, our city is really, really, I think, needing something like this for families over the holidays. And it's such a blessing to be able to provide it. So we're gonna be receiving, we're gonna be just being generous towards our city. We're gonna be generous towards our world. We're gonna serve. We're gonna continue to use our time, talent, treasure, tongue, not just for ourselves, but we wanna be a blessing to other people. And again, it takes everybody. And I, I'm one of the, like, one of the most proudest pastors I know of, of just my people because my church doesn't just go, well, you need to do this. But we, you guys are so good at diving in and bringing what God gave you. And when we all do our part, we can really, really make a difference. Amen. 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 So whew. now we can begin. We're kicking off a new series. And uh, really this, this was one of those things that kind of was birthed accidentally. Um, a few years ago, a movie came out called Wonder. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you should do yourself a, a favor, make it a family night. The movie is Wonder. Um, Julia Roberts is the mom. Owen Wilson is the dad. It is just an incredible story uh, focused on a young man named Augie, August Pullman, and he's deformed. He doesn't look right. And you can imagine all of the challenges that prevents and presi presents and presides for a child in these days going to school and he kind of wants to disappear and he's got a vivid imagination. And it is just a powerful, powerful um, story. In fact, if you have ever been to one of our summer at the movies, we did three years ago in 2019, we, uh, we did three summers ago, we did this movie uh, and, and, the, and this line kind of came out of it. And I just happened to be wearing the shirt. And like by the end of the service, everybody who could get to me is like, where do I get one? And so that was where the kind of the do be kind merchandise started. And so um, uh, I, I wanna kick this off and I wanna show you the clip because there's a profound moment, but there's a profound line at the end that the essence is so beautifully simple. Like so unbelievably beautifully simple. I probably don't need to preach a message but I'm going to, because <laughs> I still have like 24 minutes. Uh, but there's a, a, one line, and August has this teacher that introduces this concept and runs into a couple friends that capture it. And it's just really, really powerful. And so I wanna show you that scene. If you haven't seen the movie, you're gonna wanna see it, but I wanna show you that scene as we kick off our series of Dude Be Kind. Let's settle down. Everybody settle down. Look. Saved. Sorry. Everybody find your seats. Yes. Finding our seats. Great. All right. Now, some of us are lucky enough to know each other. Yeah? And, and others are new. Hi there. Okay. My name is Mr. Brown. And you're late. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I was just helping set up chairs for the assembly. Don't worry about it. Can anybody tell me what this word means? Anybody? No? 
Precepts are rules for really important things. Like mottos. Like mottos or like famous quotes or like um, lines from a fortune cookie, right? Precepts can help motivate us. They can help guide us when we have to make decisions about really important things, okay? So why are you talking to me about precepts this early in the morning, Mr. Brown? Well, let me tell you, because precepts also can tell us a lot about ourselves. Who is it that I aspire to be? That is the question that we should be asking ourselves all the time. What kind of person am I? So this is what we're gonna do. Um, everyone's gonna come up with two things that they think everybody else should know about them. All right, I'll go first. Number one, I used to work on Wall Street for a long time. And two, I left Wall Street to pursue my dream and teach. Uh... Hi, my name's August Pullman Augie, and um, I have a sister named Bia and a dog named Daisy. I love Star Wars, and I just said three things. Yeah, sorry. Well, that sounds like a bonus to me. Three things. Thank you very much, Augie. That was perfect. All right, who wants to read this month's precept? <laughs> about you what's your name summer summer want to give it a shot when given the choice between being right or being kind choose kind can you imagine what if we latched on to that no grand theology, you can go ahead and put the quote up. No grand, no Greek leading, no seminary necessary, no degree required. When given the choice between being right and being kind, choose kind. Isn't that beautifully, simply, Profound, challenging, but the type of challenge where I don't know about you, but something in my soul goes, yes, yes. Just think if in traffic, <laughs> I was there first. At the grocery store, my cart was in front of yours. On Facebook, Oh yeah, well, let me tell you my sources. At work, at home, with our spouse, with our partner, with our kids, with our dog. I mean, I know people who argue with their animals for crying out loud. Don't, you don't look around, but they go here. Yeah, they go here. You know who you are. When given the choice, between being right and being kind, choose kind. Can I let you in on a little secret? Whenever you choose kind, you're also right. According to Jesus, according to the kingdom. Now, I don't know about you, but let's talk about our human nature for a minute because I see this 
And I'm like, this is so compelling and motivating. And I see this and I naturally think to myself, yeah, people should do that. They should be more kind. You crazy people should be more kind. You know what I don't naturally do? I don't go, yeah, I should be more kind. I naturally put myself on the winning team. I naturally put myself in the I'm already kind. I got this. I'm doing good. After all, I have a t-shirt and a hoodie (laughs) that I wear in the airports. Right? And I don't know, maybe you're like me, but if we hear this, we're like, wouldn't the world just be so much better if everybody else would be kind? To which I would go, wouldn't the world be so much better if you were more kind? And see, now it's the part where it's like, oh, now we have to face it. But I believe this is, there's so many things I love about following Jesus, but he never said anything crazy grandiose. It was always simple. It was never, it's not always easy, but it was always simple. He turned the world upside down with with the simplicity of love and compassion and generosity. He just took it to a degree and a level the world had never seen before. And then empowered real normal humans that weren't God, because that's like a cheat code for life, to say, I actually can empower you to do the same thing. And what if we could turn the culture of our work, our home, our city around simply with this idea? What if between Thanksgiving and the end of the year, what if between now and 2022, we made this little four-letter word the thing that drives and motivates us? And what's really cool is if you haven't seen the movie, that idea, this quote, when given the choice between being right and being kind, that's the essence of that movie. It's also gonna be the essence of the next three weeks as we dive into this series, but it's also the essence of the message of Jesus. It gets to the very heart of what the word of God is about. And so uh, as interesting as you, as I was putting this together, uh, starting to dive into what is kindness and how do I know where I'm at? There's actually, there's kind of been a movement of kindness lately in the last 10 or 12 years. In fact, if you go online, you can actually find out how kind you are and you can get motivated. And so uh, for those of you who are like, man, I want to know, I'm going to give you just a couple of resources. There's actually a website. I'm called jointhekindnesschallenge.com. So I don't think it's a Christian website. It's not associated with Cape Christian, but um, I just did it. It takes like five minutes. I'm like, am I kind? I think I'm kind. Am I really kind? And it lets you pick somebody in your life you want to be kind to. And so if you're like, how kind am I? This might be a resource for you. Um, I, can't, I can't vouch for the entire book because I didn't read much of it, but I read the synopsis. But uh, uh, Rhonda Ciortino wrote a, a, a book called The Kindness Quotient, uh, which is fascinating. And so science, scientific people and researchers and psychologists, psychologists and sociologists are now diving into this idea of the kindness quotient. And what if, what if, what if the most important thing in our life wasn't our eye IQ. What if it isn't even our EQ, which we've all said is now more important than the IQ, but what if it was our KQ? What if, what if what God wants to do in our city and in your life is to elevate the kindness quotient in your heart, in your mind, and in your life? What if we grew, what if we moved the needle in our kindness quotient and we focused on our kindness quotient? What would that do to our intelligence and our emotional health? And so I want to, I want to, I wanna lay out an invitation to join a movement, to start a movement, to be a part of a challenge that we are going to focus on our kindness quotient, that we are going, when given the choice between being right and being kind, we're gonna choose kind. 
as, listen, I'll just tell you, as somebody who grew up the way I did, this goes against every fiber in my being. Because as a German family, the Demo family, there's nothing better or more important than being right. <laughs> it feels amazing. You are like on top of the mountain. You have conquered. You are king of the hill. And it took me way too many decades to figure out you can be right and still be dead wrong. In fact, I had somebody tell me one time, congratulations, you're right, and you just lost all your friends because of it. So you tell me who's right. Now, most of them came back. But this idea of kindness, it's so compelling. And I think it's what the world needs right now. Like, there's not like an overabundance of this. We're not like so tired of kindness. I am not hearing that. Like, I'm not meeting with people that come into my office and be like, I'm a victim of too much kindness. I have too much to give. I don't know where to give it. I don't know how to receive it. Like, please, pastor, I just need you to like kind of coach me through this. That has not happened to me yet. <laughs> and, and oh, by the way, the Bible is loaded with this idea of kindness. In fact, it's tucked in as a fruit of the spirit, one we don't talk as much about, but are kind of our, our, our key scripture um, for these next three weeks, this, this series, this dude be kind comes straight out of the Bible. It's just, it's kind of like my version, the 21st version, English version, according to CD, uh, a version. But, but Paul says this, um, which by the way, if you haven't heard me say this, if you study or, or read the Bible, almost everything written in the entire Old Testament, Paul or anybody else wrote, is literally just the application of the verses in John 13, 34, and 35, where Jesus says, I give you a new command. I just want you to love other people the way I've loved you. That's like the whole new standard. And the rest of the New Testament is how to apply that in different contexts. That's the New Testament simplified. You're welcome. Now you don't need to go to seminary. Okay. You're welcome. I got you, Mark. And so Paul, when he was, Paul was an apostle who used to hate Christians and then met Jesus and became one. And then he like led a whole bunch of people like, hey, I had it wrong too, but let's follow Jesus, it's better. So his job is he was an apostle who would write letters to regions that were becoming these churches and Jesus followers. And in Ephesians 4, verse 32, he says this, here's what you need to do. Be kind and then compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you. This is brilliant because it's all you need to know. Basically he says, be kind to another. Be kind to each other. And to those who are like, I need a good reason. Give me a defense. Let's talk about this and analyze it. He's like, okay, because Christ forgave you. So what Christ did for you, you just do for other people. Why should I be kind? Well, what's been done for me? Well, Jesus left heaven, came to earth, lived perfect, died a brutal death to pay this price for all the mistakes you made so you could experience relationship with him on earth and eternity with him in heaven. That's pretty nice. That's pretty kind. And he forgave you. And he's like, the worst thing you ever did that you hope nobody ever finds out about that you're most ashamed, embarrassed of, he's like, I already covered it. You're good. We're good. I took care of it. I know. I paid for it. And he's like, now just be kind to other people. So why should we do this? Because Christ did it to us. What I love about following Jesus is he never asks us to do anything he didn't first do himself. And he doesn't ask us to do anything that he won't give us his spirit to empower us to do that is beyond some of our natural abilities or upbringing or wiring. So what does Ephesians say? Be kind to one another. Did you know this was in the Bible? If you call yourself a Christian, what are we doing? What are we doing? Sometimes I look at the world and I look at all the just division and hate and vitriol and having to explain to my child why my next door neighbor has a flag that says F the president. Why? What, what are we doing? Well, let's turn up the kindness quotient. 
And you know what I found out a while ago? Every time I'm like, you know, they should, you know, most of the time the response is, it starts with me. And so let's just get crazy with this kindness thing. Let's take Paul and Jesus at their life and their word and let's like just get after it. And now here's the hard part about kindness. Kindness is actually really hard to, to, to define. So I'm gonna go kind of quick, just give, because I think you're already with me. I said we could close it down. This is all bonus content. The, the movie did the job. So um, it's hard to define because if you look up a definition and we're such a, a culture of definitions, I, I like more the Eastern where they have like pictures and allegories and feelings and stories that go with words. But our definitions are, it's, it's kind of like niceness, but it's more than niceness. Uh, but it's, it, uh, the, the dictionary definition is like being, gener, uh, uh, being um, friendly, generous, and considerate. And that's a good definition, uh, but there's like more to it than that. And, and really the word, and that's, uh, Niceness can be included in kindness, but kindness is way bigger than niceness. Kindness can be holding a door, but that's usually the limit of just being nice. But kindness actually has this feeling, and especially biblical kindness, of this idea of kind of three ideas. Number one, I lower myself. Number two, so that I can elevate you. And number three, so that I can lighten your load. That's what real biblical compassion and kindness is. It's not, hey, that could be holding a door, but I'm actually gonna lower me to elevate you so I can lighten your load. That's actually what Paul is saying. Like, hey, we're gonna be intentional about lightening the loads of other people. We're gonna carry some weight. We're gonna lower ourselves. We're gonna elevate them. And that takes a little bit of humility, a little bit of generosity, a little bit of intentionality, a little bit of selflessness. And, and while it can be, again, saying somebody's name or holding a door, it can be a whole lot more than that. And so I, rather than give you a definition, here's, a, I, I think, a better picture. This is like the definition of kindness. You over me. Like simply put, if I could get anything to stick, you're not gonna remember the definition, but it's you above me. You above me. And kindness is a simple yet powerful way that we can change the world and introduce people to Jesus. And we're called to do both, by the way. Not me, not the pastor. We are called to do both. Change the world and introduce people to Jesus. Well, well where did I get this idea? Well, thank you for asking, because in a different letter, Paul, when he was explaining the context of John 13, 34, and 35, he says it this way to a different group in Philippi, Philippians 3, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 3. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. That's crazy how much the Bible just like makes this really clear. What does he else does he say? Verse four, not looking, or some say not only, but not looking only to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Did you know that when my focus is being right, your interests move out of my periphery, right? If I'm just focused on having my opinion and being heard and being right, doggone it, by God, you know what usually moves out of that moment? You know what moves out of that scenario, moves out of that interaction? Your interests, your dignity, your humanity, your any sort of compassion. And so Paul is telling this other group that also were really smart, these Greek people who love to know things and be super smart and argue, they would literally debate days upon days. And he's like, hey, here's a thought. Why don't you, rather than just look out for yourself, humble yourself, elevate others and lighten the load for someone else. Or if Paul were here today, and he could say three words to us, I think they would be, dude, be kind, be kind. And it's so simple. In one of his most famous sermons called Love Your Enemies, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way. 
And I want you to think about this in the context of what's happening in our world. And again, not with the them and they should, but me and I can. The I'm going to, I should, I can, I will. Dr. King said, returning hate for hate only multiplies hate. Well, there's a novel concept. We can just stop right there. Again, I would ask, what are we doing? We want the hate to go away and we want the division to go away in our approaches to hate you more and be more right and more divided. Like, and Dr. King's like, hey, like 70 years ago, I thought we covered this. Like, that's never gonna work. Don't, like, don't you guys read? Returning hate for hate only multiplies hate, adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. What a brilliant picture. And then he says, probably more famously quoted, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So I think Jesus is up in heaven in the 21st century, somewhere in America going, I'm looking for a little bit of love and I'm looking for a little bit of light from all these people who say they're Christians. And I don't think it's too much to ask. And I, for one, am like convicted and motivated and compelled. I'm like, I suck, but let's go. And that's really the kind of the approach. Like, I'm not great at this, but let's get better. So let me give you real quick. I'm gonna give you four truths about kindness. So I'm just gonna go really quick because I could talk on this all day. This is like my jam, but this hoodie's getting hot and we gotta go. <laughs> Lights are really hot. Four truths about kindness. And, and, and these are gonna be practical and some of you, this might help you. Number one, kindness is learned. Kindness is learned. If you're like, well, I'm not kind. Great, good news, you can learn it. My family was dysfunctional. Good news, you can learn it. It's not, I'm not naturally kind. No one is. You can learn it. You know what else is learned? Like hate and racism and all those things and bigotry and all that too. It's like, it's all learned. So you can learn. You can actually get better at this. I, I, again, you don't, uh, Pastor Hooker did a great job of this last week, but you don't have to teach a kid how to be selfish, right? Mine. Like you don't have to teach, okay, now here's how you only watch out for yourself. Here's how you be selfish. You don't have to teach even at the youngest version of ourselves. You don't have to teach somebody how to like be selfish and self-absorbed. You actually have to teach them how to be patient and kind and generous and share. And let's go to the back line. Why would I go to the back line? The front of the line is better. Why would I share? More is better. Like, right? Like if you've ever been around or had kids, if you haven't, you should try it. Just, it'll really help your spirituality. Um, <laughs> but there's an order to things. So if you're young, like do them in order. Um, but kindness is learned. And so like, we can like, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna get better at this. I, I'm gonna learn, which leads us to the, the second part. Not only is it learned, kindness actually takes practice. It's just like anything else. It's like reading. It's like lifting weights. It's like learning a skill. It's like going to school. It's like getting into, it's, it takes practice. And anything you ever practice will require one of my favorite words, intentionality. Like I'm going to have to go in going, I'm going to practice learning, getting better at kindness, meaning I'm gonna pay attention, I'm gonna look for ways. If you've ever heard my message, whether it was at a leadership luncheon or at the business leaders lunch or on this stage in the weekend, like I've talked about the five ways to add value, like look for ways to add value, like think of ways to add value, then add value, then teach other people to add value. It's that, it's you've gotta live intentionally. Like it takes practice. So what I'm gonna say is I have an initiative I wanna launch on Thanksgiving and you have two weeks to practice. We're gonna learn and we're gonna get better because the more you do it, the more natural it will become. It will shift your perspective. You will create new grooves in your brain. You will see the world different. And, and next week, we're gonna talk about the benefits of kindness. It's pretty remarkable from not just biblically, but even psychology and science, what they say like it does for you. Some of you, as actually the things you're looking for is found in kindness. More next week, you gotta come back and bring a friend. Or share the link if you're online. 
but it takes practice. It doesn't come natural and it goes against the way we're wired. Paul, again, different letter, different group, says it this way. Pastor Hooker, if you were here last week, talked about one of our three greatest enemies. He talked about the world, right? He talked, but he talked about our flesh. Like there's something in us that wants to do the wrong thing. And so Galatians chapter five, Paul says, so I say, walk by the spirit, that's doing the right thing, following God's way, and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh, your enemy that wants you to go against the world, which is against God. So he says, for the flesh desires was contrary to the spirit, but the spirit desires was contrary to the flesh. They are in total conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want to do. Man, if that's not me every day. Like there's two parts of me going like, I wanna do the right thing. I wanna be like Jesus. I wanna be generous. I wanna be selfless. I wanna be patient. I wanna be humble. And then there's part of me that was like, mine, get out of my way. I was here first. I worked hard for this. I earned this. I deserve this. Like, I'm honest enough with myself to tell you on this stage as your pastor, both of those things happen in me every day and I just listen to it. Now, one of them I'm trying to starve and the other one I'm trying to feed. One of them I listen to and the other one I have to tell to shut up, but they're both there. And if I pretend one of them's not there, I'm actually just a fool that's self-deceived, right? So we have this, like it takes practice. Why does it take practice? Because there's a big part of me every day that's like self-absorbed, me, me, me. So I have to practice like putting that guy down and elevating the spirit that says, in humility, I'm gonna serve others and I'm gonna look out to their interests as well. And I'm gonna believe that as I do that, God's gonna take care of me in a way that only he can. Number three, kindness is most impactful when it's unexpected. It's really easy to be kind to somebody who's kind to you. It's easy to be kind to somebody you love. It's, kind to be, it's easy to be kind to somebody who's expecting it or that you like. When it has the most impact is when no one sees it coming, whether it's an enemy, whether it's somebody who's coming at you, whether it's somebody who's gossiping or complaining, or maybe it's just a random stranger. One short story is there was a man in the grocery store and, she, and he had gotten his stuff and the, and the clerk came out and, and uh, uh, he was $12 short. And he's like, oh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta uh, put some of this away. I, I thought I planned better. I thought I added up better. I can't afford all this. And without even a, a, a thought, the guy behind him reaches forward and hands a 20. He says, here, I got it. And this other guy's like, no, no, man, I don't want to put you out. It's no big deal. I can come back later. I'm going to get paid. He's like, listen, listen, just take it, man. He goes, my mom's in the hospital dying of cancer. And every day I buy her flowers and I go see her. And yesterday she got really mad at me. She goes, son, I don't need any more flowers. I wish you would take that money and go do something for someone else and make the world a better place. And so... He hands him the 20, he goes, here, here's my mom's flowers. What do you think the impact that was on the other man? What do you think that motivated him to go do? Yeah, it leads me to my next number four. Kindness inspires more kindness. Kindness is contagious. There's been this virus going around for the last 18 or so months and <laughs> contagious has been a big word. If you followed us online when we stopped meeting in person for a while, my first, I think my first message online was this question, is what, is what you're carrying worth catching? Is what I'm carrying around, my attitude, is it worth catching to the people around me? Well, kindness is very contagious. You can inspire other kindness. You can, it, it makes, when you are kind to somebody, especially when it's unexpected, whether they were mean or just out of the blue, it has this uh, effect on them that makes them want to go be who God made them to be, but it also fills you with joy and peace and purpose. And you're like, why did I just sacrifice and I feel so amazing? And if you've ever done it, you know whether you give something to somebody or you serve or you help somebody out, you thought you were gonna have a Saturday to go out on the boat, but instead you help the neighbor or whatever. You're like, man, I'm tired, but I feel full. Why? Because it's actually how you were created to live. 
It inspires more kindness. The author of Hebrews says it this way. This is like our mission. He says, and this is what we're gonna do. He says uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You know what does this really, really well? Kindness. Just by being kind, lowering myself, elevating someone else and lifting a load. I can spur other people on. Man, I wanna be more that way. I want, I want our family to be that way. I can tell you that our family, the Demos, without getting into specific, we have been on the receiving end of some of the most incredible kindness we've ever experienced in the last two years. From some people who love us, some people who bless us, we had some challenges that nobody really knew about, which is fine. And we didn't tell them to other people. God spoke and, and, and it, you know the effect it has had on us? First of all, unbelievable gratitude to God, but we are just like ferociously looking for other people to help and bless. Why? Because we've been so blessed and so taken care of and, and helped in, in, in kind of moments of, of challenge and trial and difficult things. And it's only made us want to do more. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're out of time. I wanna introduce to you and I wanna I want challenge you and invite you on the, the kindness initiative, the Cape Christian Kindness Initiative. And here's my vision. I'm a little bit crazy with this stuff, but I wanna reach our whole city with this. There's 204,000 people in Cape Coral as of last year. I don't know where you're watching from, but this works for you too. So I did the math. From Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve, there's 37 days. 37 days. Some of you are like, I need to challenge you right now. Just wait five minutes and look later. Just stay with me. <laughs> Fact check. Uh, 37 days from Thanksgiving to Christmas. If all of us would commit to two acts of kindness a day, two, just two, Again, maybe it's holding a door, but we're talking about intentionally paying attention, lifting somebody's load, humbling yourself. Two acts a day. Last weekend, we had over 3,000 people that checked in at Cape Christian. So there's about 3,000 of us. So if 37 days, we all do two acts a day, and there's 3,000 of us, we actually would do 222,000 acts of kindness of being light and being salt, and maybe, maybe just lightening the load in our community. And here's the best part. There's only 204,000 people in our city. So what if we actually touched everybody in our city over the holidays with one act of kindness? That's, I mean, who does, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's pay for coffees and let's mow yards and let's just invite people over and let's pray for people. This doesn't have to be, it can be as simple as a 20 in the grocery store, but I'm, all, I'm like all in on this and I wanna invite you to be in on it. I mean, and we're going out of our way here at Cape Christian, giving you lots of opportunities to do it. That's why we're doing Christmas Village. We got the Haiti meal packing, that's happening. You can give or you can come pack meals. That's gonna feed 300,000 people in Haiti. We got holiday festival of lights. We got Christmas Eve service. We are trying to create as many opportunities for you to to do this is possible. We actually think we could touch our entire city this holiday. And we're just crazy enough to try. We're just crazy enough to try. But we can't do without you. So two thoughts and then we're out. How are we gonna do this? We're gonna be kind in two ways. Two ways, you ready? You gotta pray into this this week. We're gonna be kind with our words. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, only what is good for benefiting, encouraging others and benefits anybody who listens. We're gonna be kind with our words, dads, bosses, coaches, managers, CEOs, kids. We're gonna be kind with our words. And with our words, I mean tone too. We're gonna be kind with our words. We're not gonna let unwholesome talk, but only what's helpful for building others up. And the second thing, we're gonna be kind with our actions, with our hands and feet. We're gonna be kind with how we live. I love how uh, the message says this in Luke chapter six. This is 
uh, uh, Jesus. Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. I love this, this is awesome. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then just grab the initiative and you do it for them first. Hey, what do you wish everybody would do for you? Now you just grab the initiative and you go do it. So all the they shoulds now have become I'm gonna's and we'll just see what God does with it. So when given the choice between being right and being kind, we're gonna choose kind. How? We're gonna be kind with our words and we're gonna be kind with our actions because the truth of the matter is this, the further we are from kindness, the further we are from being who God created us to be. The closer we are to kindness, the closer we are to being who God created us to be. So what I would love to do is invite you, anybody who would say, pastor, I'm in on the kindness initiative. Let me finish, I have the microphone. Come on, you guys, jeez. They do this, to, Dennis, they do this to us like all the time. I've already pre-thought this. I thank you, I'm just kidding. I love, I love the initiative, you should be blessed. 100% blessing on that. Anybody who say, to, so here's what we have, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, some of you are overachievers, you're gonna start early, and some of you are slackers and you need a head start. Either way, that's fine, we can start today. It's, I'm good with it. Or you just have two weeks to practice. But if you would say, I wanna pray for opportunities and I wanna say, God, use me, would you just stand to your feet and I wanna include you in this prayer? Like, I'm in, I'm, I, I, count me in, two a day, 37 days, let's go reach our city. If you're online, raise your hand, clap, say I'm in. You could be in Manchester, England. You could be in Des Moines, Iowa. You could be somewhere in Ohio or Wisconsin. And we're wondering like why you haven't come down here yet. But uh, wherever you're at, like this could be you too. And so I just want you to say this prayer after me. Let's, let's, uh, let's just lift our voice to God. Repeat this after me. Dear God, I believe you want me to be kind to everyone. I need your help. I need your spirit. Give me opportunities. Help me to be patient. Help me to be intentional about being kind with my words and with my action. And as I do, God, would you spread your light? Would you spread your love? Would you spread your gospel across this region? I'm saying I'm in, in Jesus' name. Amen.